The following is a presentation of Dating Kinky, built by Kingsters for Kingsters, Poly, Queer, Trans folk, and anyone not quite vanilla. And it's free. Featuring personalities as their authentic selves, this is What Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want, presented by Dating Kinky. It's an intimate conversation with people inside the kink and fetish worlds, as well as educators, sex-positive personalities, and other amazing people sharing their stories of what makes them who they are. And now, here is our own wonderful human with the questions, John or as he is known around the kink and fetish community. Hi there, Catsuit. Hello there, Nookie, and to our listeners, welcome. We are just about one month away from FetishCon 2023, and the countdown is really on. And today, we will have an opportunity to speak to one of the amazing humans who helps run this amazing event, but first, I want to tell you, you can join us at FetishCon in St. Petersburg, Florida, August 10th through 13th. And you can get your tickets to join us at FetishCon.com. I'm going to be there hosting some special events, teaching some classes, and even hosting the red carpets on Thursday and Sunday night. And I can't wait to see you there and if you do attend FetishCon, I hope you'll come by and say hi. And now to our guest, a woman who had this crazy idea to bring together all the people in the bondage and fetish world into one place. And she's pretty much succeeded. Genesis Lynn has been in the fetish world since 1995, doing everything from being in front of a camera to behind one directing and creating content. In 2001, together with her close friends, Vesta and Mike, the idea of a trade show came to life right after 9-11 in Queens, New York. She's had the pleasure of working with and meeting hundreds of fetish performers and fetish creators over the years, enjoying conversations with them and delving into their fetishes and discussing her own in depth. Her other passions are networking, creator coaching, creative writing, anything geeky or Star Wars related, and of course, gaming. The one and only Genesis Lynn, the founder of FetishCon on what women and other wonderful humans want. questions that establish the story. Five questions about firsts, 
bringing back the genesis of the character behind the human. It's the first five, and it starts now. First time you ever appeared in front of a camera in a damsel-type role. Okay, um, let me think. So, in a damsel-type role. So, that would be going back to about, mm, I want to say, 1999. Uh, yeah, about, yeah, about 1999. So, I've been around, been around a while. Um, and it was actually, I was dating a guy who basically got me told me about this world of of online fetish and bondage and um uh i've been in a lifestyle a really long time um and i ended up dating this guy who had a bondage website and um he shot some pictures of me and took some video and stuff and that is actually the very first time it was sort of playing around but it ended up being my first uh sort of quote-unquote official shoot. Explain what it was like in 1999 to do what Oof. you did. Uh, so, um, I mean, I was in a, you know, a, a DNS relationship. So bondage and, you know, uh, restraints were just that kind of thing. Um, so from the personal side of it, it was just sort of the normal thing. Uh, when I found out he was doing the website piece of it, then it was sort of more, how are you doing that? Like, what what's going on? How are you, what do you mean it's online and you're selling this stuff? Like, how are you making money at this? You know, it was kind of like little light bulbs were going off. Um, and back then, so I actually started my, my actual website in 2000 and uh, it was called Surrendered Soul. And um, it was all self-bondage. And back then, it was really kind of a little bit of gatekeeper information. You know, if you knew, you knew. Um, and if you knew somebody, maybe they would tell you. But there was no online or classes that you could take or, or you know, a how-to guide of how to get started in the business. You sort of had to kind of figure it out for yourself. And thankfully, I did. First time you ever picked up a camera with a damsel in front of you? So that would be when I joined forces with Vesta and Mike. Um, Vesta and Mike are my best friends for years now. Um, I've known them for over 20 years. Um, and uh, I had gone and worked with Vesta and shot for her, her website, uh, Bondage Divas. And did a trade shoot with her and she shot for me for my website, which was then called Maidens in Mayhem. And uh, that was probably the first time that I shot somebody like actually like, you know, did work was when I did a trade shoot with with Vesta and it was my idea. And and um, uh, there was somebody there taking photos, but I think I kind of took some photos, too, because I wanted to get some certain angles and things. So. I think that would be the first time back in like 2000s. Do you remember what the scenario was? Um, so we we were shooting in this <laughs> we were shooting in this kind of dilapidated building in New York, 
and it was I believe I had her there was like a old um heat radiator like a heat radiator and I think I had her handcuffed to that and then I had her tied to a pole like standing up so that was my first foray into let me think of what to do first time you had an idea that the fetish and bondage world needed to come together in one place so to me bondage is fetish it's always been like some people don't like the word a fetish a kink it, it so they get so I, I know it's like that's my turn on right like so like what turns me on and because it's classified as a fetish it's either you know it's how people perceive it but for me it's just what turns you on it's just what is the exciting thing so so they were always one in the same to me it wasn't you know one or the other like the you know uh, fetish and bondage were two separate things it was just it together that was what turned me on. And it happens to be, if you want to classify it as a fetish, then it is classified as a fetish. First time you used the word fetish con, and what was the reaction when you said it? Okay, there's a bit of a longer story to this one. So the original, yeah, so I'm going to I'm give ready. you the longer that's, story that's, to it. That's what podcasts are for. <laughs> Yes. So the longer story to this is the first iteration of this event um, was called BondCon, B-O-N-D-C-O-N, BondageCon really is what it was. And um, that took place in New York in 2001, in October of 2001, right after 9-11, like literally like a month later. And um, so we had our first show in New York as BondCon. Um, we had our second show in New York as BondCon. We had a business partner at the time, another person that was involved with the show. And um, we sort of split ways. He kept that name, uh, BondCon, for, for a while. Uh, but we changed it to BondCon NYC. And then um, we all decided, well, we all, uh, myself, Investa, and uh, Mike, they were already had family here in Florida. And I was like, we were all living up in Connecticut and I was like, it's time to go down to, you know, Florida, buy a house. I, I want warm. I want warmth. I want no more snow. And so we moved to Florida. I bought a house down here. And um, at the time they had been doing uh, the other uh, person who we were no longer doing business with. Um, he had done a bond con in Las Vegas. Um, they actually did two of them. And we weren't going to actually have one. We did 2001, 2002, 2003. And we were like, okay, like, we're not going to use that name anymore. We don't know what to call it. What are we, you know, we're, we're kind of done. And so at the time, um, and still today, uh, Stacey Burke was with us from, uh, as a um, special guest when we first had the first show. And she was there for 2002 and three. And she's, she knew what was happening, called Stacy, and we said, hey, Stace, you know, we're, we're not going to do the show anymore. You know, we're just, we don't know what to call it, so we're going to take time off and whatever. And she goes, well, listen, I happen to have bought um, FetishCon. Would you, would you like to use this name? And 
I was on the phone with her and just kind of speechless. And I was like, are you serious? And she's like, absolutely. I'm absolutely serious. And um, so the name came from Stacey Burke and she gave us the, the name and the domain name. And it's been FetishCon now since 2004. So that's, that's where the name FetishCon actually came from. Explain to me what it was like to walk into, I guess it's, it's uh, BonCon, but the first time that it was FetishCon and you walked into the doors and you looked around, what were your emotions? So for me, for me, I'm always going at 100 miles an hour, like 150, I'm speeding, you know, because my brain is going, there's so many bits and pieces to do uh, with event planning and uh, an event plan at this scale is like super big. And when we did the show down here, obviously it was our first year at a new hotel. Um, we were at the Doubletree in Tampa and um, we didn't really know how the hotel was going to, you know, accept us as a group. Um, it was kind of a a little bit of feeling of like walking on eggshells and everything else but we walked in the door we got set up um we have we work with great people who have been with us since day one um uh drew uh who is a friend of ours from connecticut has been with us since day one and he runs our the front of um the uh registration and he was there and and it's just knowing that you have people to fall back on so as you walk into this event it's crazy because I know what's going on in my, in like I see people walking around and they're enjoying themselves and they're at the show, right? Like taking part, like when you go to say, you know, uh, a theme park, I won't say the D word. When you go to a theme park, <laughs> you're experiencing that experience and it's all, you know, bright and shiny and, and you know, fun and people are drinking and, you know, partying and everything else. And then there's behind the scenes and what's happening behind the scenes. And so as the person who is actually behind the scenes, I'm looking at it completely differently. So I want to make sure that, are you having a good time? Is, you know, what, what needs to be done? What coordination needs to happen? Who do I need to get where? What do I need to get for who the, whoever this is? Um, just making sure that like all the pieces to the puzzle are in place. So my reaction to the show is different, I'm sure, from someone who is attending the show as a guest, you know. And so for me to walk into the show, I'm very critical because I want that experience to be great. I want everybody who comes, just come and be your authentic self. Know that you are accepted and whatever your fetish or kink or turn on or whatever the heck it is, you know, you can find other like-minded people at this event. And it's so important for me to keep that messaging out there that, you know, fetish con is not some, you know, not, not that high end, you know, fetish events aren't great, but this is really more um, it's a lot of creators and the whole thing came together because that's a whole nother story, but why did we even decide to do a show? That's a whole other question. But uh, but the whole idea is just to have people come together and just enjoy themselves and be their authentic self, at least for that weekend, and know that they're not judged. 
Well, that was quite the teaser as to what the next question will be when we come back <laughs> after the break. This is What Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want. Proud to be the official podcast of FetishCon 23. Back with Genesis Lynn in a moment. We do this show without paid advertisers and provide it to you as a labor of love. If you want to help the show, as well as contribute to Catsuit's conference fund to get live interviews and teach some amazing classes, you can give at bit.ly slash thanks, Catsuit. Now let's hear from some of Catsuit's friends with some messages for you. Hi, this is Venus, and I have a special message going out to all the single ladies listening right now. What if you could have a committed, loving relationship with a partner who is monogamous to you, but who would love to see you have sexual experiences with others? Sounds too good to be true, right? Well, it's not. You really can have your cake and eat it too. You can have it all. Learn more at venusconnections.com. That's venusconnections.com. This is Alicia Zadig, author of the new book, Yes, Mistress. I'm also Mistress Alicia, a leading dominatrix and BDSM expert. My book, Yes, Mistress, takes you on a provocative, eye-opening journey into the erotic worlds of kink, fetish, and female domination. Join me for a fascinating conversation. Male submission is more common than you think and more rewarding than you can ever imagine. Yes, Mistress, now available on Kindle, and you can order your copy at yesmistress.com. We invite you to connect with us on social media so you can follow all the great news about the show. You can find us on Twitter at WhatWomenWantP1, on Instagram at WhatWomenWantPodcast, and on FetLife at www.podcast. And if you want to follow the host, that's easy, as on Twitter, Instagram, and FetLife, he is Hi There Catsuit. And now back to What Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want, presented by Dating Kinky. Thank you, Nookie, and welcome back to the program, joined by Genesis Lynn, who had this wacky idea of a thing called FetishCon. And we were talking just before the break about why you decided, along with your partners, to do FetishCon. So, why did you decide to do it? So, back in the day when we were doing content creation, uh, it was really hard. To, there was no social media. So, let's practice this. Let's set the scene. Mm -hmm. So, everybody had their individual websites. There were no platforms like this. Uh, if you think about it, even YouTube didn't come out until like 2005, I think the first video was uploaded. Um, so everything was really either a magazine, a VHS tape, or you know, a personal website. Um, and so everything was website-based. Uh, there were Yahoo groups, you know, so you had like, that was like your social media was like a Yahoo group or, you know, um, uh, Merck IRC and in the news channels and like those kind of things. So that's what we're talking about. Like that was the way that people connected back then. 
and um, AOL, AOL chat groups, right? So that, that really was it. Um, and so when you kind of think about back then when you were doing this, I mean, shooting video was 30 seconds. Everything was photos because to upload that video and be able to have someone download that video on the absolutely diabolical speeds that were, you know, around back then through a, you know, dial up, um, it was all its own sort of thing. And so, uh, we were always struggling to find new talent, right? So I joined forces with Vesta and Mike, and we were always trying to find like new talent. And so we were shooting a lot of the same performers um, uh, over and over again. And we hear about someone from California, maybe coming into the New York area. And we were like, oh, we'll try and, you know, work with them and we try and book them. And, you know, they would want a certain amount of money and to make it worth their while. And so that was the whole thing. Like, it was so not cost effective at the time as a business to pay the amount of money that we were paying plus flight plus hotel plus you know transportation and then get the you know the content shoot and pay them for their performance and and then you know have them go and so um the ROI, the, the the return on that investment, you know, had to be great, like a super big amount of money to make it worth our while to say fly someone in to work with them. Um, and so we were thinking like there has to be a way to do something where we can get sort of like the old Betty Page club shoots mm -hmm. where the model comes in. The, all the, the photographers come in, everybody works with everybody. And it's just this massive kind of, you know, uh, uh, event so that it's worth everybody's while. The, the performers that are coming in to, that are flying in because they're paying their own way, they're getting their hotel rooms, they're getting their flights, they're, you know, sharing rooms and all that other stuff. Um, they're buying their passes to come into the show. Um, but to make it worth their while, they have to have booked shoots, like, you know, have, things on their calendar to make it worth their while and so that was the whole thing we were like well let's let's put together this event and see who comes and we did and like I had mentioned before it was um it was in October of, of uh 2001 right after 9-11 we were in Queens New York um and we had about 500 people show up uh and it was really kind of a surreal event because since it happened right after 9-11 we, we thought you know flights were still all messed up it was a month later everything was still crazy travel wise so we had a lot of people have to cancel um you know but still 500 people drove in or, or you know were able to get to the to the hotel and and um you know we had this like kind of first show and it's gone on ever since except for two years of COVID when we had to take a break. But other than that, 20 odd years later, and here we are. Last year was that first year back. And yeah. it was my first opportunity to come to FetishCon. And the reaction that I had, it wasn't the first time I walked in there because obviously I was kind of in awe. But the red carpet night on Thursday, I said, oh, my God, I'm home. That's wonderful. Because 
back in the 80s when I was in college was the first time I ever saw a bondage magazine where I went, oh, my God, I'm not alone. And then my journey didn't really start until after my marriage ended and started going to play parties and started experiencing some of these things. And then this podcast started, which I didn't know how long it was going to go. But when I started interviewing people and people were saying, yes, Christina Carter saying yes for the second ever episode, I went, I really would like to meet all these people. And then FetishCon is there and it's like most of them were there. <laughs> yeah. So I walked in there and I have just talked to Anastasia Pearson, a show that's going to premiere here in a few weeks. And I said, I don't know why, but you became my publicist. <laughs> and she started introducing me to everybody if I hadn't been introduced yet. She's great. She's great. And so when I say I felt like I was at home, I went from a person who was attending to someone who was part of the event. And I was yeah. just in awe of everything. Is that the feeling a lot of people get when they come to FetishCon for the first time? So that's the feeling that I've been told. So, um, a lot of people consider FetishCon like old home week, right? That they're coming home. They've been coming to the show for t- one one person. One guy comes to the show. He's been to every single event. He's not missed one. Um, he's from New York, and he's come to every single event. Um, I mean, other people, they're going on, you know, like a decade of having some involvement with, with FetishCon and, and being at the show. And... Um, they look forward to meeting new people, to seeing old friends, to making new friends and, you know, uh, new connections. And the, the networking that happens at this event is really unlike anything else that I've heard of from other events. Um, other events are very, you know, either very party oriented. It's all a party. There's no, you know, real networking or time to work. Um, but there's all, all kinds of parties happening and, and, uh, the focal point isn't really on maybe the creator and that networking piece. Um, but that has always been something that's been really big for us. And so we have brand new people and people who have, like I said, been coming for 20 years and to them it's home. And that is the most humbling Okay, get all emotional. That is one of the most humbling things that I can say that I am getting emotional. I cried everything. So I'm going to put that out there. I cried everything, but I do get teared up about this because I just love it so much. I just love this community so much um, that for me, the, the, I don't know how to say it, I guess, having someone come up to me to say that they were finally able to be themselves or finally able to experience this or finally able to, um, I got to get my husband's uh, attention. I got to, yeah, so I'm over here <laughs> crying. <laughs> <laughs> my awesome husband, Simon, who is my, my rock now for this, uh, for this event. I tell you, without him, I don't know where I would be. So he is 
handing me tissues and everything. No, he always has something in his pocket for me because he knows I'm a crier when it comes to this <laughs> stuff and talking about it. But that's, you know, the, the emotion for me is and the, the joy that I find um, is when I hear someone say that, that they've come to the event for the first time and and they just felt so accepted and, and you know, um, uh, understood and that to me is everything, you know? So it's very humbling. It's a very, very humbling thing to be the person that is behind that. And I'm, I get very shy about it. You can tell from every single word what this event has done for you personally. Yeah. People will wonder why we do what we do, whether it's doing a podcast or doing a, an amazing fetish trade show or doing a simple piece of content. But the fact is, if you didn't have the love inside you, it's not the same. It's, it's so true. It is so true. And, and, you know, I mean, obviously people say oh you must make so much money from the show and that's we don't that's the whole point of this we basically break even we've not raised our prices in years because to me and to my business partners as well like we want people to be able to do what we did back when we first did it shoot tons of content and if you're paying exorbitant amounts of money to come to an event you know just to be there for you know because we already know you're paying a lot of money for your hotel room and your flight and and everything else you know so the last thing for us that we want to do is also make it super expensive to come and enjoy the party you know to enjoy the experience and so that is also like another piece it's like a labor of love you know so I work full-time during the week um, for a tech company, I work full time during the week, and then on my weekends, all I'm doing for the whole year is something related to this show. You know, for for FetishCon, uh, it, whether it's trying to figure out why the website is having issues, which it's having issues this year, and I'm really working on that. But why the website's not working right, or making sure an update's done, or trying to get you know uh, things listed or coordinate. Um, supports you know it's its own it's its own animal you know once it kicks off and uh it's so important to me that um that piece of it as well is taken care of you know will you share with me a story if you can think of one of someone who came into one of those early fetish cons as a wide-eyed content model or producer or somebody who just you had no idea who they were and now they're a household name when it comes to fetish because oh, i'm boy. sure there's a couple of them <laughs> yeah and you know what um it's hard to think of who because there's so many people i mean 20 years later you know what i mean 
a lot of a lot of the uh, performers have you know either left the business and moved on into something in their life, or there's some that are still you know still here and and you know still active in the industry. Jeez, um, that's a question right there. Because everybody who's I mean I'm sure there's people who have come and it was their first time at the show. And then they built their career, um, you know, and made those connections. But I don't think that there's, there's nobody that I can name or want to say, oh, it's this person that mm -hmm. is this, you know, that, you know, FetishCon launched them because nobody la nobody's launched at FetishCon, right? Nobody's launched, they launched themselves. Creators mm -hmm. are the most amazing people because they make it happen, you know? And the performers are the most amazing business people because they make it happen, you know? So without their own, um, you know, uh, driving force, we just give them a place to do it, you know? So for me, I really can't name anybody because I either knew about them before or knew about them right after. Mm -hmm. You know, and so it was just kind of, we were the middleman and they made it happen. Speaking of making it happen, I know that on that Thursday night, one of the things that I was in awe of was the fact that there is no velvet rope keeping someone who has appreciated Christina Carter's work for so long from talking to her. There is no security guard around Jean Bardot, although her husband's rather large. <laughs> <laughs> but there's nobody around Jean Bardot keeping them from saying, wow, I've always admired your work and it's really amazing to meet you. This really is a community gathering. Absolutely. Was that part of the original plan is that this is going to be a place where everyone is welcome? That was from go. And I mean, even though we, I mean, Dita Von Tease was at our 2002 show. We had her as a, one of our, uh, we had special guests. We sort of called it Battleship Row is what we <laughs> internally called it because it was the name people you had, you know, the, the Stacey Burks and you had the Dita Von Teases and there, there's all these people that were involved in it that we had sort of, you know, we knew they were like really popular within the, um, you know, within the, the genre or very popular with fans and we would invite these wonderful women, um, you know, to come and be special guests and we'd give them, we'd fly them in and give them a hotel and give them a booth and just have them there so that they could sign autographs and meet their fans. And, um, we sort of started coming away from that because they were busy networking and who wants to sit at a booth for eight hours a day, mm -hmm. you know, uh, that, you know, even though they can, they can meet their fans just by walking around or being, you know, engaged at the different um, events and stuff that happened during the show. And um, yeah, it was always meant to be there. We don't gatekeep. Like I call that gatekeeping. Right. Like like that velvet rope idea or the security guard idea. Like we do have security at our events. 
Um, so there's no question about that. Our event has a whole 24 hour security team because we do take over the whole hotel. Um, you know, and it is a private event. So without, you know, uh, a pass, you're not going to be able to get past the front door really. Mm -hmm. Um, so, but with regard to that, once you are past the front door, once you do have your badge or your day pass, you're in, you're, you are there on the same level as everybody else. That playing field is level. And just because you might be a known performer or a known content creator, um, there's nothing stopping the your fan or your your customer or your admirer to come up just to say, wow, you know, I've always wanted to meet you or whatever, you know, can I get a picture with you or or whatever? And I'll tell you, every single performer uh, and content creator that I had like ever spoke to has always been like, that was the best part of it. Mm -hmm. Meeting these, you know, meeting their fans and being able to have these discussions with them and and just those conversations, you know, where you can talk about your fetish, uh, you know, with someone else who gets it, you know, and that's that's the beauty of it, you know, is that community. With the legends that are there, and I don't think I use that term lightly. I mean, I'll, I remember seeing Diana Knight for the first time, yeah. and I was. And I don't fan person about a lot of people. I mean, I'm somebody that's been able to interview Michael Jordan in my career. And I'm somebody that's been able to interview some really famous people in my career. But when I saw Diana Knight, my heart just palpitated and went, oh, the villain of my dreams. Yes. <laughs> right. Absolutely. I mean, that there are, there are just icons, you know, and, uh, and that's the amazing part too, because they're some of the coolest, sweetest, nicest mm -hmm. people that you'll ever meet, you know, but they are iconic. Absolutely. One of the things that I absolutely love about FetishCon, and it really struck me because I've been to uh, many kink conferences not that many, but enough to where I know that you take off your badge when you leave the hotel and you don't want people to know what's going <laughs> on. You drive up to the front of the hotel for FetishCon and there is a 30-yard wide banner that says, welcome to FetishCon. <laughs> Absolutely. And that when you're wearing your badge and you do wear it out to the local restaurants, they're like, how is it? It's really cool. Yeah, go to Publix. Go to the Publix. It's right around the corner. Yep. Wearing anything from FetCon or wearing any kind of fetish gear or whatever you're wearing, and they'll go, "You, you, are you at FetishCon? Are you at the show? Are you at FetishCon?" And everybody, like literally, waiters and waitresses and people who are like seasonal workers, they will ask to work because they know we're coming into town. You know, and um, I have to tell you, like, Florida has been, um, there's a lot of controversy with the state, but um, in general, St. Pete has been one of the most welcoming and wonderful um, uh, cities for us. Um, the Hilton, where we're at as well, I mean, they're fantastic. I mean, we wouldn't stay at a hotel if we didn't feel like they wanted us there. Um, so, and that's the same thing with the city you know, uh, is that feeling of, you know, being wanted there. And that's what we get from, from that area. So yeah, 
people walk out with fetish con swag and you know in their outfits that be in their authentic selves everywhere they go for that weekend and it's and, awesome and that is the beautiful thing about being your authentic self i was wearing a cat suit pretty much the entire time i was there at the hilton it didn't matter if I was in the vending booth or I was just lounging around, I jokingly said I bought a cat suit for the pool too, which I did because I had a dive suit on and I just thought that was funny. And all these little teeny weeny bikinis and even guys in teeny, teeny weeny uh, briefs. And here I am in a cat suit, but that's me. <laughs> but the thing that I loved is that every single employee there loves being a part of it. It's like, yeah. oh, this is this is great time for them. Yep, it is. Because I'll tell you, fetish people tip well. That's the other thing, too. Uh, so they we know how to party, you know? So, so the crowd that comes knows how to party. And um, everybody is very respectful. And it's really funny because a lot of the times, you know, something will happen and the people, the attendees, police themselves because they don't want one bad apple to spoil the bunch, as mm -hmm. they say, you know. And if someone is doing something that you know other people know is you shouldn't be doing that, they'll tell them don't do that because this whole and that's how it's been for twenty years doing this show. We find out things after the fact that the hotel tells us about, and we're like. No, don't let that happen. Like, why? Why did you let someone go shoot in the laundry in the you know the, in the laundry room of your you know of the hotel and you know inside? Yeah, that's one story. So some someone talked somebody into letting them get into the industrial dryer and and take pictures of them bound in an industrial dryer. That won't happen again because it's a big no-no. Uh, so, you know, insurance and everything else for the hotel. Uh, but yeah, funny, there's some real funny stories that have happened with this show. Um, and uh, the community really polices itself because it understands, I think, you know, one bad thing happening at that event is going to make it not happen again. You know, it, it could potentially. Is it true that you bring in extra luggage carts? I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, it is. It absolutely is. We actually have a, a pre-con meeting with the hotel to talk about how many luggage carts they're going to have available. And they actually bought, they've over the years bought more and more and more luggage carts that they like keep in storage because when we come, there's so much luggage that comes through that front door. People literally change their entire room into just a shoot backdrop, you know? And so like, like Vegas, what happens in the room stays in the room, you know? I mean, that's private business and, you know, but, uh, but yeah, it's the same thing. It's the same thing. It's great. I've seen a person or two tied on the luggage cart and it's like, don't tie on the luggage cart yeah no 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 <laughs> but yeah, it has absolutely. all these great poles all around it yeah <laughs> there's all these great tie points on there so not gonna lie back in the day i might have tied someone to a luggage cart <laughs> but yeah, one of my change. that was that 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 was back in the you know the wild days <laughs>
one of my fetishes that it says I'm curious about is uh, Carissa Dumont's lug luggage cart fetish. <laughs> oh my gosh. And that's because at every hotel she goes to, no matter where she stays, she poses with a luggage cart. And I'm going with a luggage cart. Mm -hmm. Yep. <laughs> yep. It's the tie points. It's the all the things you can do with a luggage cart and it's mobile. Let me talk about one thing that actually surprises a lot of people if they think that FetishCon is basically a kink conference. And that is that FetishCon is a place where you want to be seen yeah. to the point where you do sign a release when you go in saying people are taking pictures. If you don't want to be in them, cover your face. But I was amazed when um, at the airport, ready to come home from my first experience at FetishCon, and the Tampa Bay Times has done an entire photo spread on the event. Yep. How amazing is it that something that some people think are so taboo is a part of the Tampa Bay Times? Yeah, so that's Lewis. He's great. He comes every year. Uh, and he's the photographer the, for the TVT. And he comes and takes the most amazing pictures of attendees and whoever wants to be filmed or photographed. Um, and uh, I mean, the TVT has always been great to us. Um, you know, they've done wonderful stories on us and news reports and things like that we get listed at, you know for what's happening this weekend and different and different things so because we are sort of now a fixture we've been in this area since 2004 you know and we bring you know the show itself because so many people come to it it brings a lot of business to the locals like to the local area so whether or not, you know, you think, oh, it's some t awful, terrible thing. It's not. These, the people who come to FetishCon, they are students, they're lawyers, there's doctors, there's psychiatrists, there's you name it, dentists, uh, housewives, house husbands. Uh, you know, I mean, it's, it, it covers, you know, the, the plethora of, of, um, um, professions that you could be in everybody is from somewhere and and you know they've had that either your regular job and then what you do you know for fun and so what the local business realizes is that yeah they come here they go out to eat you know the attendees come here they go out to eat they buy things at the store they come for vacation and a lot of people make this their vacation so they'll come in early and they'll stay late because they're going to other parts of the state and that, you know, that revenue is being spread wherever they go. So, you know, they look at that as a piece of business as well. Um, in the city of St. Pete as, as well, they work with us, you know, um, uh, so that they've offered services to us too, because they understand that, you know, we might be a fetish convention, but we're a piece of business for the city that brings revenue in. It's an amazing partnership between St. Petersburg and FetishCon to allow people to feel like they're coming home. And when we come back yeah. on What Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want, we're going to talk to Genesis Lynn about this year's convention and how you can join us.
when we come back. Hi, Dawn. Hi, Dan. Recently, we put together a brand new book called Hearts and Collars, reflecting 20 years in a power exchange relationship. It's 350 pages of what we've been living for the past 20 years. Indeed, and it's got chapters like communication, power exchange and spirituality, how to be a leader, high protocol, becoming a follower, rituals, the new porch time, victim, survivor, and thriver, power exchange and polyamory, submissive versus wife, the practical contract guide, relationship shorthand, as well as other tools and experiences we've had over the years. Check it out at eroticawakening.com slash hearts and collars. Bye, Dan. Bye, Dawn. Are you curious about kink but don't know where to begin? (laughs) Or maybe you have a friend who, while they appreciate your interest in BDSM, they don't really understand what it's all about. You should check out Kink for the Curious. It's a fun little activity book with color pages and word finds, lots of silly puns. Uh, But lots of solid BDSM and kink information written by somebody who's been in the business for almost 30 years. Kink for the Curious, a BDSM activity book for beginners, written by Princess Natasha Strange, that's me, (laughs) is available on Amazon. Go get it now. Welcome to the Yoniverse. I'm Scarlett. And I'm Anya. The Flaming Yoni podcast is a celebration of the beautiful and unique expressions of female sexuality. From asexual to megasexual, from lifelong monogamy to relationship anarchy, from deep spiritual bonds of sacred union to spur of the moment flames. It is all infused with Yoni energy. Search for the Flaming Yoni on your favorite podcast platform. You will not leave the same as when you came. Hi there, I'm Nookie. My pronouns are she, hers, and I'm the founder of Dating Kinky, a different kind of dating and educational site for kinksters, poly, queer, trans folk, and anyone not quite vanilla. And it's free. Catch me in my own podcast, Dating Kinky. And now back to John and their guest on what women and other wonderful humans want. Thank you, Nookie, and welcome back to the show, joined by Genesis Lynn, who's frantically getting ready for FetishCon 2023, coming to St. Petersburg, Florida, August 10th through 13th. And just before the break, we talked about stories. And I bet you have a ton of them, but what is one of your most favorite to tell? Uh, It would be my aha moment with a zebra. And um, it was at the very first uh, show in New York. um, And it was at the Crown Plaza in Queens, right across from LaGuardia Airport. And the day it happened, it was the first, it was the first night, it was like on a Friday. And uh, everybody kind of went up and changed and went downstairs. We were all hanging out at the bar and I'm having a drink and I turn around and I see a zebra and I'm thinking, what is this like what what is going on and this is my aha moment absolutely so i turn and i look 
and there's a guy in full body latex, head to toe, white with black stripes, zebra stripes everywhere. He had hooves. He had these gloves on that had like little paws on the end of them. And he had a big zebra head and he was kind of rotund. So he had kind of like a fat belly. And this dude was having the time of his life. He was there and he was dancing to the music and he was just going, he was going to like balls to the wall, this guy. And I remember standing there drinking and watching him and thinking, this is it. This is, this is why, this is, this is, you know, why we're also doing it because this dude, who knows who he is to this day. I don't know who he is. He was just an attendee at the show and he came in full latex gear but the funny part of that is, if you don't know how latex works, is it's rubber and it holds in all the moisture. And so this dancing zebra, I walked over to him and I was like, you are amazing. And he was, you know, nodding his head and, you know, having a little thing because he didn't really talk and because uh, he was in his headspace and I was just like such a good zebra and I like pet him and everything and he was doing his little zebra noises and uh, I'm thinking like this guy's great right and so I'm walking away and he lift he lifted up he lifted up his arm in this stream of water <laughs> sweat sweat <laughs> came from his wrist like a garden hose it was like Spider-Man flicking his wrist up and having the web shoot out. This stream of water shot out of, of the cuff of his outfit <laughs> and like hit somebody in front, like that was standing in front of us, but like just blasted them with like sweat. And I'm sitting there thinking to myself going, probably put a should have put the gloves over the arm piece <laughs> to kind of keep the moisture in you know and have a bubble maybe over the, the top but i'll never forget that to this day i will never forget it as as literally it could not have been more perfect more fitting and really just funny just a funny funny thing that happened and and he knew what he was doing because there were just puddles on the floor everywhere the guy was standing. And I just thought it was amazing. He was amazing. I want to be a little self-serving here, if I'm honest. I approached you with an idea last year, and you read it, and you got back to me. And that's how we were named the official podcast of FetishCon. What is it about this show that made you want to do that? So to me, when you sent that proposal in and we sort of started the conversation and I started listening to your podcast, your podcasts to me are inclusive like FetishCon is. You are as inquisitive about the people that you speak to as I am about the people who come to FetishCon and that you celebrate them for who they are and what they do and where they've been and the, the, the roads that they have traveled to get to where they are today. And I have such a kinship with that, that I thought, yeah, heck yeah. 
and I jumped on it. I could not have jumped on it faster, you know, and I'm getting all boo-hoo-y <laughs> as I do, <laughs> but I mean it. I could not have jumped on it faster because I just found another sort of like-minded soul that got it. And I feel like that's you. So as self-serving as you want to be, it's well-deserved. <laughs> well, so I, I think your show is really cool. Really thank amazing. You. Thank you so much. I am looking forward to being down there. We're going to have so much fun where I oh. get, get to put on my best Ryan Seacrest and say, who are you wearing? <laughs> We're not going to do <laughs> Joan Rivers because, you know, I could do Joan Rivers if I had to, but I don't want to do it. <laughs> do Ryan, do Ryan. <laughs> Katsu Ryan. <laughs> uh, well, uh, I am putting together some really fun outfits uh, for that. I'm looking forward to teaching. I'm looking forward to helping you in whatever way I can. And in between times and in the meantime, getting tied up a few times you know why not <laughs> why not why not absolutely genesis i'm sure Lynn. you'll find somebody i'm sure you'll find somebody who who will say yeah yeah let's go do that right now no lack of that yes please <laughs> <laughs> absolutely genesis lynn thank you so much for the opportunity thank you for joining us today to help Everyone understand how just amazing an opportunity this is, not only to attend, but giving us some of the historical perspective on it as well. It's been great talking to you, and I can't wait to work with you. Well, listen, I've had a great time, and and I just want to thank you, um, you know, for for giving us a platform to have this uh, this communication and. Just on my own self-serving basis, I just want to thank you know um, my own my own posse, my own crew. Um, we have some dedicated people that come from uh, Connecticut where we were based. Like I said, my friend Drew, um, and he brings in people that you know take time off from work to come down to make sure that everybody gets in fast and and enjoys themselves. And uh, Vesta and and Mike and uh, my husband, I couldn't, I really couldn't do it out without Sai. So, you know, uh, it's a group effort. Um, I just happen to be the one that likes to talk a lot. So, <laughs> but it's a group effort and, you know, fetish con wouldn't be what it is without the people behind me helping me do it. And the people who come and bring it to life because without the people who come, there wouldn't be a show, you know? So, so we appreciate everybody who does come and enjoys themselves and we look forward to seeing you and, and yeah so uh the countdown is on i get to see my friends uh from connecticut who are coming in and i get to see friends from you know really around the world and it's uh 30 days out give or take right now um when you're sitting here listening to this uh to this show it'll be about the 30 day mark so hurry up and get your tickets get your all access to the show and uh and we can't wait to see you so thank you you so much. I was so honored to be chosen by Genesis Lynn and her team as the official podcast of FetishCon 2023. And I really hope that this will be a long, long relationship because I have really enjoyed working with these folks. And I can't wait to see you at FetishCon. Remember, it's coming up August 10th through 13th in St. Petersburg, Florida. You can join us 
by simply visiting FetishCon.com and getting your tickets. It should be a blast. Here's what's coming up on the next edition of What Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want, presented by Dating Kinky. She's a longtime fetish performer and an amazing character. And now she's the living logo of FetishCon. Our countdown to FetishCon continues with a visit with Teramisu on what women and other wonderful humans want. A new edition of the show premieres next Tuesday, wherever you get your podcasts. Again, thank you to Genesis Lynn for joining us on the show, and thank you for joining us. I'm John, also known as Hi There Catsuit. I hope I've earned the privilege of your time, and I remind you to always remember consent and to love each other always. What Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want connects with you. Join us on Twitter at WhatWomenWantP1, on Instagram at WhatWomenWantPodcast, for our kinky friends on FetLife at www.podcast, and now select shows are available in video format at youtube.com slash datingkinky. This has been a presentation of Dating Kinky, built by kinksters for kinksters, poly, queer, trans folk, and anyone not quite vanilla. And it's free. 